0: Nice. He's not on
1: a team. We're dead yeah, He's not on a team, so you're not going to get anything. You yeah. might as well see if he's
0: going to get some levels
2: here. Where he's yeah. going to go. There we go. Nice. All right. So boy. got him to start us off. Let's get in. Welcome in to another edition of the Fantasy I Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McNichols, joined by my co host, Rich Houck. Hey, what's up? And our producer, Mike Coyle. How's it going, guys? Today is Tuesday, April 19th. Easter has just passed. We have the draft fast approaching. How was your Easter, Rich? you have a nice dinner with the family? Yeah, it was nice. So, are you a big dessert guy? I know you're not so big on chocolate sometimes, but are you, like, do you do pie? Do you do, like, pumpkin pie or, like, apple pie or anything like that on holidays? I'm or? not
1: too big on pie, either.
2: Not too big on pie, no. either, yeah. I always want to do, like, apple pie, or, like, not apple pie. I'm not a fan of apple pie, but, like, cherry pie or blueberry pie or something. But the reason I bring it up is because my family always has a uh, cheesecake there, and it's just one of those things where you know your family has these stupid arguments about nothing because someone says a comment. It was just like, why is it called cheesecake when it's not a cake? Like, you know, it's it it nothing about it makes it a cake, right? And so I wanted to look about that, and then I found out that it's not actually a cake or a pie. It's actually a tart. A tart. It is called it is a tart because it is a custard filling on top of a layer, but it does not have a top crust to cover it like a pie would. And because it's not the traditional, like, dough of a cake, it's considered a tart. And so is pumpkin pie. So neither pumpkin pie nor cheesecake are pie or cake. They are, in fact, tarts. You're blowing my mind. Yeah, that's what I learned over my holiday. Awesome. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Well, let's get into what we're talking about today. We are continuing our deep dive into some rookie players. We're going to take a look at a handful of rookie prospects. Again, we've got the draft fast approaching. So we've got... Pretty much all the information we're going to get from these guys, except for where they're going. Today, we're going to start off with old Miss QB, Matt Corral. Rich, you want to start off with Matt Corral? Yeah. Uh, first we'll, we'll talk about the positives. Um sorry, <clears throat> star?
1: He's got a, a great mobility. Um, you, you saw him use his uh, his legs to to create, um, break the pocket, make plays, extend plays, and he was also used on design quarterback runs, too. So, um he, he, he's uh, very mobile, make plays as a runner. Um, he's got good instincts while he's scrambling. He continues to to look for the play. Um, he can get kind of get into that gunslinger mentality a little bit, to where he trusts his arm a little too much. Um, but he's got quick release. He gets the ball out quickly. Um, he makes off platform throws. And uh, yeah, overall, he's a pretty impressive quarterback. W- what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah. So again, the overall quarterback class not considered impressive. You know, you know so. Macarell Corral. Corral's big issue was the injury, so we didn't get to see as much of him. We didn't get to see him at the combine like we did with some of the other guys for the athletic testing. Upon watching it, again, it's just hard to tell sometimes with quarterbacks. I mean, we're going to sit here and talk about it, but the NFL doesn't even scout quarterbacks properly. Otherwise, Patrick Mahomes wouldn't have gone as late as he did. Russell Wilson wouldn't have gone as late as he did. Tom Brady wouldn't have gone as late as he did. You know what I mean? So, like... Matt Carano has all of the tools, he's just not polished, and it's kind of crazy nowadays And I've it, with the way the quarterbacks kind of are going, and like, the expectations for quarterbacks now in the rookie contracts, just as it seems to be a little bit unreal for me, and I think that's like, played into some of what's going on with these QB moves, and we could go into this whole, i go into this whole rant later about what's going on with the quarterbacks with Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield and all that, but... The expectation on a rookie contract now for a rookie quarterback seems to be like a Super Bowl appearance and an MVP, or else we're going to move on from you, and that's just crazy to think yeah, about. And crazy. I think that's why, with those expectations, that's why everybody might be so down on this class. I'm not convinced that mackerel can't be a starting quarterback in this league. It's just a matter of whether or not you think he's going to be the top five guy maybe he's not going to be a top five guy, but like until recently, you didn't need to have a top five quarterback right. in order to win. You could still do it as long as you had an above average quarterback or an at least you know a playmaking quarterback. He didn't have to be a top five, but that seems to be like everybody's mentality now, and it's going to be hard to do because there's 32 teams in the league. So I think MacRail has, like you said, he has all the tools to be more than a game manager, but I wouldn't put him in like the. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes type mobility no. sort of thing, maybe closer to uh, to Joe Burrow kind of right. athletic wise, so that's right?
1: One of the one of the things I, I wrote down here I wanted to discuss was his uh, his durability. We talked about his his injury and what we didn't see from him at the combine because of it, but it's comparable to um, height and weight wise to Lamar Jackson. And you know, how everybody's concerned is Lamar Jackson is going to get hurt eventually, right? Matt Corral doesn't have that elite athleticism elite agility to avoid tackles the way Lamar Jackson does. So that same concern is going to be for Matt Corral. Every time he, t- he takes off and runs, he's not
2: a big guy.
0: So he, is there somebody that you're copying him to in the NFL uh, right now? Or you I still... don't think
2: he's going to run as much as Lamar. That's why people aren't as worried about it. But, I, like, that's I'm worried not about, about huge durability. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm not questioning that he's durability. Obviously, he's injured right now, so... Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Well, hold on. Uh, who, who is? It? Who? What do you think? I mean, you, you said Joe Burrow would be like a ceiling. I mean, I think as far as
2: and kind of athletic comp wise, like as far as just like the kind of rushing, uh, the rushing ability. Anyway, is kind of what right. I meant from Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow doesn't put up a lot of rushing, but he can See, rush. Think, but I, I wouldn't. Uh, would you put Mac more towards Carson Wentz kind of rushing ability? Yeah, or?
1: I got him. So Joe Burrow, he's he's mobile. He's I just think Matt Corral has a little bit more, a little bit more yeah. mobility, Burrow's but not as much as yeah, the as way much as, as or or right. Right. Like just, just we're talking just rushing. Yeah, mobility. that's what I, Mobility, is athleticism. I think
2: Corral's got more. Right. So as far as a comp, it's hard to think of somebody. Yeah, what tough. do
0: you more? Uh, what do you? what do you expect him to kind of be like? Uh, you know, say uh, this Russell year, but like yeah, by year Com-wise,
1: three, mobility, just strictly mobility wise, the way he's able to elude, extend plays, can kind of
2: get out. Right, again, just not the passing upside. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. from a fantasy standpoint, I don't know that he's going to be somebody that ever breaks the top five for a quarterback. I would be hesitant to say, place him in the top ten in, in fantasy from an aspect. Cool. So, you're looking at a quarterback too, is kind of his right. ceiling. A, a high-end quarterback yeah, too potentially. Huh. Cool. Cool. Alright, so, that's all for Matt Corral. Let's move on to some pass catchers. Let's do it. start with Texas A&M tight end Jalen Widermeyer. So this is where we got guys who are kind of moving a little bit down during the process. Jalen Widermeyer didn't test particularly well at the combine or during the drills. It was something we had sort of mentioned before, uh, kind of in passing about something else where we said that him and Jelani Woods kind of went one after the other and seemed like whenever one of, like whenever Woods had a mistake Wiedemar had a stake but then you go and watch it and it seemed like Wiedemar just had a, had a little bit more mistakes and just didn't perform as well as far as athletic testing went he didn't run the 40 at the combine he did it his pro day and he ran a 503 Yikes. so that was, you know slow is a relative term when we're talking about NFL players but comparative to the other tight ends that was relatively slow he was a decent player at Texas A&M, kind of consistent, you know, hovered around the 500-yard range throughout his three years there. He's got a decent size for the position with 6'4", 255. He runs hard with the ball in his hand. He's got good route runners and good hands. It's just he seems to lack the athleticism that you're going to need when you go to the NFL level. Uh, he, You know, he just, with he doesn't, not, it's not just the speed, it's kind of the bit of the burst as well. Like, when he's forced to slow down, he doesn't accelerate back to top speed quickly. Correct. So it Takes a while to gear up. And it has to do with him running a little high. That's kind of, you know, when you run high, it's harder to shift your body weight. You always want to kind of, you know, get lower when you're making adjustments. And he's not a very consistent blocker. That's the other thing. When you're a tight end, you're going to have to be asked to block a lot. And so, just... He's a guy who just generally around the league is stocks down, and I know towards the start of the process he was considered one of the top three to five tight ends. And where do you where do you have him out now?
1: Uh, I think I'm out.
2: Out. Out. All right. Yeah. Uh, It it was
1: just it was a very concerning performance. You know, he didn't test well. Pro day numbers are normally inflated. We know that, and he ran a five zero three. That's concerning.
2: Broad jump was nine foot one inch. He's 6'4", 255. That's not good And he good at can't all. block? Yeah.
0: So, like, where's his value? Project at best. Where's his value? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Nothing, nothing so, for me, at least, so, from, I, I, I from what you're saying. I don't
1: know. He's one of them guys where you're going to have to show me before I start believing.
0: Yeah.
2: There's going to be a team that takes a chance on him. I don't know that I really want to take a chance on him for my fantasy team. Like you said, I, 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 I might be out on there. There's just better options at the tight end, and... and I mean that's saying something for the tight end position. He's he he seems like he's got more work than people thought, and he doesn't have as much athleticism as people might have thought. So there's just several other guys in this draft alone that I would probably be more invested in than him. So like you said, I might be out on him too, unless you're talking like a like last round flyer in the
0: draft and hey, you know you get you know, him in like the fifth round know, or
1: something maybe, and and you just cross your fingers and pray. I mean,
0: yeah, I the, it has me thinking. Um, from the difference from our startup uh draft that was uh last year, uh to now, uh like how like I value tight ends, like looking at this tight end class. It's like, yeah, you got a good one. It's it's something nice to have.
2: Yeah, so Jalen Wademeyer draft at your own risk. He again, he's he he's he's just been he's 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 dropped off of our boards and dropped off of NFL boards as well. From what I've heard. So Let's move on to one of his teammates there at Texas A&M, and that is running back Isaiah Spiller. Rich is another guy. Stocks down during this pre-draft process. He was thought of a lot better at the start of it. When he was considered, you know, some people had him as their number one overall running back, and then we go to the combine, and he didn't run the 40 at the combine. He does run the 40 at his pro day, and... Just like Jalen Wiedemeyer, he ran slower than we would have liked and slower than most of the other running backs. He ran a 4.6 at his pro day. Like you said, pro day numbers tend to be inflated, so if that's inflated for him, that's concerning.
1: What are we looking at? 4.63, 4.64?
2: Possibly. Yeah. So vertical jump, 30 inches. Broad jump, 9 foot 6 inches. Or I'm sorry, (laughs) broad jump. Am I doing that right? Is it 9 foot 6 inches? Or why am I questioning that? Yeah, 9 foot 6 inches. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't know why I was questioning that all of a sudden. Uh yeah, both well below the threshold for most of the other running backs. Um well below the threshold that you'd like for your running back. That's just as far as explosiveness. Now the reports are that he has an injury and that's why he was that's why he didn't do them at the combine and that's why he was ineffective at them at the pro day.
1: I don't understand. If if you have the injury, why why even go out there and participate and put on a poor performance which are,
2: is gonna hurt you? more than just sitting out. Right. That's 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 the part that doesn't make sense. So, you know, and it's like when... I'm just confused about when did this injury happen because there was nothing really talked about this prior to the combine or the pro day. Like, this was something that came out after the fact to kind of explain it. And it was like, well, when did this happen then? If this happened during the season, how serious of an injury is this then? If it's still bothering right. him going into the combine and the pro day and he's not recovered from it, like... There's just not a lot of information about that now. So it, it's it's a little confusing, and, and it it muddies his... It was one of those things where, again, if you're talking about the running back, do you want to draft number one overall? you got to check all of those boxes, and it's now raised some question marks about the boxes, about his athleticism, about his health. So you can't check those two boxes, so he's going to fall out. And Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker definitely overtake him. And I think even some other guys, I don't think... I was surprised going through some of this running back class. I think there are some more starters available in this running back class than people are giving credit for. And I think some of them, I think several of them have overtaken Isaiah Spiller. Do you disagree about that at all? or
1: No, I don't know how far down I'm going to move him yet. I mean, hes I don't think he's... He's not off the board. No, he's just, he's not top five, I don't think. I mean, right around that fringe area, maybe five, six, four, maybe... Uh, there's a guy we're going to talk about next episode yeah. that I believe has jumped in.
2: Because, look, Isaiah Spiller still has the size you're looking for in a running back at six foot two seventeen. He's a physical runner. He's a good pass catcher. That was one of the things that was keeping him at the top of this running back class was his ability as a pass catcher. And, I mean, he's... He... He has the good lateral speed to kind of make defenders miss and as he's going towards the outside. But, again, that doesn't always translate as well at the NFL level when you're trying to beat dudes to the outside right. because they're a lot faster at the NFL level. Man, so it's a faster game. He's not off the board, not like we were talking about with Weidemeyer, but he's definitely not, like you said, the top five. So he still has the chance to emerge as a starting running back for a team if it really is just an injury that's kind of hampering at the yeah. moment. But... I think he might slide in the draft, and depending on where he lands, it's really going to determine what he, if, you know if he's on a team where he's going to be stuck in a committee, I don't know if he's going to get to the point where he's going to be able to showcase himself. But if a team happens to pick him up because they're saying, "Well, let's take a shot on him. You know we don't really have a quarter, but we don't really have a running back. Let's take a shot on this guy who had some promise, and maybe let, it was just an injury. So we'll see about him, but
1: yeah, well, you. So one of the reasons we can't take him off the board is if he tightens up his pass protection. He's got a three-down profile. Exactly. So that, that's that's what you're looking for at, at the running back position. I mean, what else do you want?
2: Yeah. And again, when you looked at the tape, the numbers didn't really match the tape from the combine so that the injury would kind of make sense. It's just strange that there wasn't a peep about it until pretty much after the pro day, I think. Like, I don't even know if I heard about it after the combine. Maybe I'm mistaken, but it was weird. And it's like, well, did it ha- when, when, when did it happen? And, and how serious is it? And we need more information, so... Let's move on to another running back who I think might be getting a little bit overlooked. This is a guy I think has three-down potential, and that is Hassan Haskins from Michigan. So, he had a great season this year. He had a monster season.
1: Let's get into him. Let's talk about the positives. Uh, He's got good size, right? He's 6'2", 228 pounds. He's a little bit of an underrated athlete. You can see it on the tape, the way he kind of just runs by some people at times. He's got solid burst in space. Um, when them lanes open up, uh, he's got great vision. He explodes through the hole. Um, the one thing I noticed, uh, his flexible hips. See the way he chains his moves together and the way he's able to just very smoothly in and out of his cuts and his breaks. He's got great footwork, patience. He's a willing and good blocker. And uh, he's a great runner inside the hashes. I think he profiles really well in an uh, inside zone or a power gap scheme.
2: Yes, this is what I'm saying. I don't know how many people are talking about Hassan Haskins as a starting running back for a team. A lot of the things that I seem to see about him or hear about him kind of talk about him in in a committee as more of a pass-catching role, which for a guy who's 6'2", 228, typically the pass-catching roles are the smaller, the 5'9", 190 guys. You know what I mean? So I don't know why we're under this assumption that he can't be a three-down back, uh, especially like you said now. He needs to – he's a willing blocker. He's not particularly – well, he, he is actually a good pass blocker, so I take that back. I'm, yeah. I'm mixing him up. He is actually an efficient it, it pass blocker. This, this yeah. is something that separates him from some of the other guys and something that might make him a third down back. I was it's mixing guy, him up with somebody else.
1: Get him on the field early. That's the thing. A lot of the rookie running backs that, that aren't high first-round picks, second-round picks, they, sometimes they struggle to get on the field because of blitz pickup. So and if he can do it, that's –
2: that's a that's an avenue to, to get snaps and get on the field here was a team that when i was going through the profile i thought that hassan haskins might be a good fit for and coil's not going to like it mm-hmm. because i think that he'd be a good fit or la team like the las vegas raiders because josh jacobs suggesting. is not yeah. particularly a pass passing down back and one of Hassan Haskins skill is his ability as a pass catcher so you could bring him in to be the third to the best catching back in the Raiders and he has the potential to step in for the number one if Josh Jacobs gets hurt which history shows us happens a few times yeah. a season so I think the Raiders could sneakily be a team looking for somebody like that to maybe complement Josh Jacobs and possibly fill in for a role like that and I think Hassan Haskins could do that and I think that's how we could see him potentially emerge on a team I don't know that he'll that be drafted sense. to be a number one but I think that'd be a situation the Bills might be another team that you could think yeah. of to do that because I mean, like they've got Singletary and Moss, who are both smaller guys. They could bring him in and be the bulldozer, you know. That's they're talking now. I'm hearing talk that the Bills might actually take a running back in the first round. Really? Some some people have been mentioning it. They said that they're not even going to play games. They're that's the one position left on offense they have to secure. So, what? How much else do you really it? need if the, if you're the Bills? Who is it? Brees Hall is or is Kenneth the guy, And Kenneth Walker are the guys that are being who mentioned. are they taking? So.
0: I like this. Uh, so, where is the hype building on Haskins right now? Where is this hype coming from? This
2: is my hype on yeah, Haskins. Yeah, we just like him. And you just, is like you we just like him? We like him. You put the tape on and, you Where know. do you
0: guys see him? Where is he typically following online, if you guys are looking right now? Under the radar. Well, under the radar. Like, do, have you even looked at He is at, not
2: if, in the second round, I can tell you that. He of, is thir- of a 10 he's, team? Uh, oh, I thought you meant yeah. from, like, the NFL draft yeah. perspective. So,
0: You guys are just hype on him, or is this uh, just something that you're... This is your guy. He, there's
2: there's no reason that I see that he can't be a three down back in the league. The and it's it's just one of those things that I don't understand. A, a lot of the critiques that I saw for the reason he couldn't be a three down back had to do with his size. He's 6'2" 228. What's wrong with his he, he's bigger than a handful of the line, of the starting running backs they're in this league right now. So like I don't that was just it was weird that that was the critique for him. He's got the pass blocking abilities that's going to get him on the field that's something that separates him from the rest of the class the pass blocking ability is going to get him on the field because that's not a strength of most of the other running backs in this class it's actually a weakness of theirs is the ability to pass block something that Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker themselves aren't particularly good at and so it's a way for him to get on the field early as a rookie and I don't see any reason he doesn't have the potential to be a three down back now he's not the most explosive guy he's not going to run he he didn't run a 40 he's not going to run a four as long a four three or questions. four forty a but question. there's i mean his just you don't necessarily need to be if you can contribute on both rundowns if you can get the three four yards they ask you up the middle and you can be a pass catcher if they need you to i think he he has a very good opportunity to be a, a, a starting running back in the league and that's again i don't like the it. hype is coming from us. I don't know why everybody else seems to be so down on him. I, I like what you. I saw from him when we when I like we looked it. at the tape. Everybody right. stay
1: sleeping. Yeah, they pick him up in the fourth round. I'd be happy,
2: dude.
0: All right, let's get it.
2: Let's move on to another guy who's sort of a sleeper. He gets talked about, but I don't know that necessarily his ceiling gets stated as high as it as I might think it is. And that is Khalil Shakir, wide receiver out of Boise State. So clear secure productive wide receiver during his time in college uh didn't do much his rookie year but goes on to have 800 yards his sophomore year during the 2020 season where it was weird they only played seven games he still managed 719 yards and that was in seven games so over 100 yards per game there is his average 2021 comes back they plays in 12 games over a thousand yards seven touchdowns consistently produced throughout his time there at boise state he's got so here's where some of the some of the downside comes in on him, and this is this is again something that I, I guess let's have a little bit of a conversation about this, this year. So, one of the criticisms I saw about him again was kind of like we said with Hassan Haskins was he has less than ideal size to be a starting wide receiver. Rich, he is six foot one ninety three. <laughs> Why does he have less than ideal size to be a starting wide receiver? But Devontae Smith. Jalen Waddell, Garrett Wilson. Say, how about
1: one from the class, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. What? How come all of these 183?
0: guys?
2: I hear people telling me that the Packers are get Jahan Dotson to be their number one wide receiver. And, like, no offense to Jahan Dotson. He's, what, 5'10"? Yeah. He's a slot wide receiver. And so these are guys that can be number one wide receivers because, despite their size. Why is Cleo Shakir's size being talked about as a reason that he can't be a number one wide receiver? It's a good question. So, that's kind of the the main thing that I have, is I feel like when people are talking about him, they're talking about him more of like filling into a slot role, and kind of being stuck as like a number two wide receiver, and this is another guy that I, I'm just higher on, I guess, than people who are watching him, or seeing the tape, or watching, you know, Boise State all year long, or I guess... You watch all these wide receivers and you fall in love with the guys at the top because their tape is just that good, but then you look at some of these other guys that are, you know, you have to consider a lot of things when you're analyzing these players. Their situation, their quarterbacks, their offense, their coach. Coaches at the college levels play favorites and, you know, all of that. They have specific packages that only run certain things that don't always necessarily play to every player's strength. And so I look at Khalil Shakir and I just see his size. I see his athleticism that he had at the combine. He ran a 4-4-3. He wasn't the fastest wide receiver, but, uh, I mean, again, we're talking about now 443, and we're talking this guy wasn't close to being the fastest wide receiver at the combine, but, like, that's a 443. 3 That was a time you used to, that was, like, your ideal time that you wanted to see from a number one wide receiver. Like, if this guy hit that, he was definitely a right. guy you would put as your number one wide receiver. Did decent in the vertical and the broad jump, so he's, he seems to have all that explosiveness. He doesn't, again, he doesn't have the... He's not six two. He's six foot one ninety three. But again, compared to Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Garen Wilson, he's still got a little bit of size on all of those guys. So I'm not as concerned about the size, and I think that he could potentially be a wide receiver one on a team if they don't necessarily need to play with a big guy wide receiver as their wide receiver one. You know what I mean? Like you, you not every team needs a six foot four wide receiver one. In fact, most teams don't use a six foot four one wide receiver as their wide receiver one. Oh, he's sure. usually the red zone threat or the bigger guy, and so. I don't see why Khalil Shakir couldn't potentially emerge as that. As far as his rookie season goes, I don't see him seizing that role right away, especially just kind of where the draft's going to fall and how many teams or teams that need the wide receiver one are probably going to tackle that before the point that Khalil Shakir is going to go just because there are other guys that have upside to be that wide receiver one without quite low as a floor. But, again, I think, like, his upside is there to be a wide receiver one. I think his floor is solidly as a wide receiver two on an NFL team. And so, I, you know, I, I just, I, he's a guy that I'm higher on than a lot of other draft pundits. Do you disagree with any of that? How do you? What do you feel as far yes. as his floor
1: and ceiling? Or I, I think his ceiling is a a, a good wide receiver two for a team. Floor,
2: you know, wide receiver three. So we're a little well, different there on yeah, that. What do you think?
1: I, I liked him on tape. I did, and you know, he was productive across multiple seasons, across three years. You know, he had. 872 in 2019 he had 719 in 2020 and he was over a thousand with 1100 this past season you know he scored touchdowns every season um i just i don't know if that's a guy that nfl teams are going to feel comfortable as their number one i don't know if he can live up to that bill he played against you know a little bit of lesser competition out of boise and um I don't know, we'll see. I like him as a number two. That's, yeah,
2: that's something I don't, well, that's what I mean. I feel like his floor is a number two wide receiver, but we're different on where his ceiling is at. You feel his ceiling is the two, but his his floor is a three. He's, I mean, again, he's also got the versatility. He's used on a lot of screen plays, so you can work him in as a gadget player at some point. He's used as a returner, so, I mean, he's gonna be on an NFL roster just with what he can do. Usually the wide receivers that are able to perform on special teams will usually secure themselves, like you said, as a wide receiver, three or four, if they can't gain a starting role. I just feel, you know, you watch. He kind of plays... He plays bigger than his size, too. He plays like a wide receiver one would play. He's a tougher player, you know. He breaks tackles. He's not afraid to go over the middle and catch balls. And maybe they, they do just kind of use him in the slot, and he's a solid number two wide receiver for a team. For So, so we agree there's a safe floor to him.
1: Yeah, I mean, the tape, he put it on. He had great body control, and he was great at the catch point. I mean, you, you saw the way he, he contorted his body on a couple of those one-handed catches that were on tape,
2: and... And he was used both outside and in the slot he was. in college, so they can move him out there even if you don't want to make it his primary position. He does have that flexibility. So where, where then would you take him as far as where, – where approximately does he go in your wide receiver ranks for, Dynas, for among the among the rookies? Uh, outside the top ten? He's around ten. He's around. 10. Yeah, I haven't finished, but the probably outside yeah, I haven't outside tightened everything up
1: and put together a whole wide receiver j- rankings just yet. But he's around that ten. He's around ten.
2: He's not. He's probably not going to blow the doors off this season. But he is a guy that you can grab in the third round of your dynasty draft and know that he's. He'll. He'll most likely eventually work out. Like I said, when he he has the skills to maintain his position on a team. And he should get an opportunity. I don't see there any any reason he couldn't. And he could he could surprise. He has that upside. So I would take him probably in the third round of a dynasty rookie draft. Any disagreement about that? No. No. All right then. Let's just move right along to a guy that it's I gonna know a, we don't see the same way. Yeah, this can be a controversial player to talk about. So we are talking about wide receiver from Arkansas, Traylon Burks. Do you want to start with the positives and then I'll go, or do you want me to start with all (laughs) my negatives and you'll go?
0: Pull the picture of him stiff-arming this guy. No oblivion. Specimen. Yeah.
2: So let's go through his time at Arkansas real quick. We'll we'll start start with that. Quick rundown of that. So here's he didn't he had an average rookie uh, of rookie year. He was 475 yards, no touchdowns. Sophomore year, he got better. He had 51 catches for 820 yards, seven touchdowns nine games too, in nine boy. games in the that 2020 short season. season. Yeah. And then 2021, he's a junior. He has 66 catches for 1,104 yards and 11 touchdowns. So he got he, he increased his productivity there every year in Arkansas. At the same time, the some people might say that the offense was kind of geared towards getting the ball in his hands in space, and kind of specifically focused on doing that. And he was used on a lot of screens and short passes uh, that drew the defenders away from him. At the combine, this is where his stock started to go down for most people. I was down on him before this. We'll get to that in a little bit. But the combine is where some people started raising a little bit of questions about him because his athletic testing compared to a lot of the other wide receivers there was not good. He ran a 4.5.5.40. Again, we talked about. We just talked about Khalil Shakir with a four four three, and how that wasn't even fast, you know. So Traylon Burks around a four five five. He did not do any better at his pro day. Uh, he didn't even run the forty at his pro day. His vertical jump was thirty three inches, and not spectacular for a guy of his size. Again, especially compared to some other guys who are a little bit bigger, some guys like Christian Watson, Alec Pierce. Uh, I mean, even some shorter guys. that think Jahan Dotson had a much higher jump than that. It's just it, 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 it brings into question the speed and explosiveness of him. He did alright in the broad jump, uh, 10 foot 2 inches or that, yeah and he ran this, the 3 cone, he had a decent time in that but he was one of the few wide receivers that run it so we don't even really have a good sample size for that. So Rich why don't you tell people why you like Traylon Burks?
1: Well, first let me let me start with the combine performance All right, why everybody should pump the brakes on, on, on the stocks down so much Granted, yes, he wasn't that fast compared to the rest of his class. Hang
2: on, so let me, stocks down comparative to he was being talked about as, as possibly being the one, the number one wide receiver taken yes. in the class.
1: Potentially everyone, 101 in dynasty drafts before Brees Hall and his monster performance at the conference.
2: Everyone I hear now does not have him as a top. They all have him going probably as the fifth of the top five. Right.
1: So, that's that what I was saying. So, yes, there were a lot more guys in his Class that ran better 40 times. Well, let's talk a couple NFL wide receivers. All right, we all remember Michael Thomas, Devonte Adams, Michael Thomas 4'5'7, Devonte Adams 4'5'6.
2: Oh, 4'5'6. Okay.
1: Traylon Burks 4'5'5. I'm not too worried about the 4'5. You put on the tape and he's constantly running by people. He's one of those guys where his game speed is going to be faster than his 40 time. Put the tape on, watch. He gets the ball in his hand and, and somehow that 4'5'5 speed is outrunning those 4'4 four, four guys.
2: Are you going to keep going? I, you, do you want me to counter the point? Or I I was, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. If that's I mean, all you got, I mean, I've got... No, all right, so keep, to yeah, counter the point going. with the with the running guy, again, part of it is the offense was designed to get him into open spaces, so when guys are already behind you and they don't have the angle on you, it's going to be easy to, you know, quote-unquote run past them when you're already, you know... If, if you guys are parallel to each other on the field... They've got to angle towards you to come and get you. so yeah, it's, it's always going to seem like you're running by guys, but the right. offense again seemed the, to be geared towards getting him into space. Those safeties were well, deep. He got by them. Uh, I mean, okay, hey. I, I, just, I was just giving you the counter to the point. I, are you going to go some... are you gonna, do you have any more for why you liked him? or is that well, your... a lot more we liked him? I mean, he's
1: versatile. You see where he lines up, and he's been in a slot. He was in line, H uh, back, out wide. You get on the ball in a variety of ways. He's a weapon.
2: Okay. So again, to counter it, they line him up all over the place and, and use him in, in different spots, but running like the same routes from those same spots. So he doesn't have a very diverse route tree. He also isn't a good route runner. He rounds off his routes at the top, he cuts them short. Uh, it's just it, it, it's not refined like it is with some of the other guys, which is what separates them above him. And so that I mean, it, just the poor route running isn't going to translate as, is going to translate badly at the NFL. Combine that with this lack of speed and explosiveness that you show at the combine. That's when I think people start raising questions. Where it's like, well, if he can't get separation just on the pure route running ability, and now we have questions about the speed and athleticism. You know, was he always as fast as we thought he was, or was it just again getting the ball to him, space, and him always so seem to have some room to work with, and that's why. And again, we watch the tapes. I, I, I just brought up the fact that I, I we were watching Hazen for a guy that you know everyone was talking about his size and and his hands. And by the way, Garrett Wilson has the same his size hands as Traylon Burks, despite their difference in height. They have the same size hands, and Traylon Burks' hands were not as big as everybody was making them out to be. So I just want to put that out there as well. That was something that everyone was like, Traylon just, Burks, has got like eleven-inch hands. They weren't that big, and Garrett Wilson's were just as big. So yeah, it's
1: a quick counter on that. That <laughs> schemed open though, where you, you use them in a variety of ways and get. Justin Jefferson was another guy who, who that, that claim was about. He was schemed open all the time in the slot. He was avoiding the number one corners. And then he comes on the scene and he blows up. Now, I'm not saying Traylon Burks is going to beat Justin, right, Justin Jefferson. Justin
2: Jefferson ran about it 40 uh, times. I, I
1: got you. But I'm just saying some of those same concerns, that same concern that you mentioned was also mentioned about
2: Jefferson. So, here are some of the other concerns that I had about him. I'll, I'll just run through them there. So, again, he, in addition to the speed, he lacks the burst, I feel, when we're watching him. I don't ever well. see him. Huh? I just, wow, I, I I don't know how you. I I don't see a. Bur- I don't ever see a point where he 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 bursts past somebody. Like again, he's got long speed, but I don't see the explosive speed that you. I think you seem to be seeing because I I didn't see it when I was watching. I don't see him just explode past somebody like we do with some of these more shifty guys. He's inconsistent getting separational and press coverage. He kind of you know when he gets met up at the line, I don't know, sometimes this this plays into the other issue that I have with, the main issue I have with him is his lack of effort. And this is something that multiple people have said, and you can see, and you can see it on the tape when you watch it. He, if he is not getting the ball, he doesn't try. He doesn't put his effort in the play. He doesn't run his route anywhere as hard as he should. He doesn't even finish the route most of the times when he's not getting the ball. He... There's a number of times you can watch a tape. He is a spectator. He is watching the play unfold on the other side of the field because he wasn't involved in the play.
1: That could be Coast. it, that
2: it, I, I, no, it, that's 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 not. I just I, I think we disagree on what something that coachable is. It like, is
1: coachable. That first running, time in, 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 an running, NFL
2: coach gets up into running his off face the line of running shift. off the line of scrimmage high is something that coachable. I can come up and, and teach you to get lower, and I can stand in front of you and put something out and say, "Nope, you're too high off the line," and you know, slap your pad and let you know you need to get lower and practice on that. A mentality of "I'm not getting the ball, so I'm not going to try" isn't something that's coachable to it's, me. That's that can, that's an internal. That issue that, that really concerns me. Coach he doesn't put, the, fixed he the, doesn't locker put room. the effort in block.
1: Fixed in the locker room. He
2: doesn't put in the effort to block either. You can see that multiple times. He doesn't even... Sometimes he just gives up on them. Sometimes he doesn't even put the effort in to make the block. He doesn't <laughs> finish his routes when he's not getting like... that's This isn't going to fly. It's uh, not going to fly with an like NFL Ryze team. is getting
0: into total Boston yeah. territory over here. Uh-oh. He's Why got him be? off his board. He could be got him off the team. Board. All right, dude, you I had like Brandon
2: Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk ended up in the doghouse.
1: Did he not for... Like this, I mean, what did he do the second half of the season? He got his head person, right. It got fixed, right? It can be fixed. He just got moved out of the a perfect house. example of that. I don't think so. I, he I, got put in the doghouse for lack of effort, right? And then he came out in the second half of the season. Can you bring a second half of the season
2: stats up? But we don't know why. We don't know why Brandon Ayuk was in the doghouse. And Brandon Ayuk didn't have these concerns about, oh, he doesn't put effort when he's not getting the ball. So if he goes, can be if he though. goes to a team where he's the number two wide receiver, he's not going to be getting the ball very often, and or he's going to assume he's not getting the ball often because he's not the primary read. But when you go from college to the NFL, if you're the second or third route you still need to run your route because the quarterback might be getting you. You have to go through all your progressions when you're an NFL quarterback. Your first progression usually isn't going to be there most of the time if you're have got if you playing a competent NFL defense. And it's one of those things where I had a coach in high school who told me, practice doesn't make perfect, practice makes permanent. The way you practice and do something all the time is the way you're going to do it it's going to become reflexive. So at the college level, when you don't play as many games or as many snaps, and he does this routinely and he gives up on the play when he's not getting the ball and something he's used to, why do I think when he goes to the NFL and the games are longer and the competition is tougher and he's not going to be the focal point of the offense, why do I think that all of a sudden he's going to start putting more effort in on more plays? I don't even know that he's willing to do I don't even know if he has the potential to like, the. the Energy or stamina to do it? Yeah, money, 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 money. money. He money? could have done it in college too, and he didn't money? do it in college. Millions get the money millions of he was getting fed contract? the ball in college, and so he didn't. But the future—that's what I mean, He was getting the fed the ball on this that's offense. Not. I don't and disagree still with still what you're saying in
1: the necessity to have still, effort and on your routes. Where him we disagree, where we're
2: going to disagree,
1: is whether or not it can be fixed, whether or not it's correctable. You seem to think it's not. I think it is.
2: We'll see. I don't think it's a quick fix. I don't think it's something that's going to fix in his first season. I can't like again. You, I can't take him. I can't tell him you take him as a top ten wide receiver because I can think of ten other wide receivers that I'm looking wow. at in this rookie draft that I could that's say bold. have potential have potential to impact my fantasy team this season without the risk of being sat, sat on the bench because of a lack of effort or just not being I, not I clicking you, with the quarterback
1: more than just this season.
2: I understand, but if, if it's long, a problem guy? in his rookie season, it's not something where, again, teams aren't patient with players anymore. It's not something where we're going to hold on to this guy who's not putting what the do effort you mean? in for Jalen on the Eagles? <laughs> That's the Eagles. What do you mean? That's because Howie Roseman can't admit a mistake. That's because Howie Roseman can't admit a mistake. And Jeffrey Lurie will back him up. Like, that's insane. Her okay. cousins keeps getting these contracts. There Come a, on, it happens across the league all the time. We had a quarterback who was an MVP in his Sam second Bradford season. Sam Bradford got paid for years. Uh, okay, okay, we had yeah, a quarterback right. who was an MVP in his second season and got us uh, to a uh, first-round buy for the playoffs, which led to our first Super Bowl. We had a head coach who got a Super Bowl in his second year as a head coach. And then we had Howie Roseman, who hadn't done anything before they'd showed up. And there was a dis- power struggle between the three of them. And Jeffrey Lurie somehow backed the guy who had nothing to do or, I shouldn't say nothing to do with that Super Bowl, but I mean, he wasn't doing anything like that before those two were there, and how you side with it, so it's just a matter of Jeffrey Lurie and Harry Rosen being so in it and not being willing to admit their mistakes, but I think the fact that there's talk that they're going to draft a third wide receiver, or a wide receiver for the third year in a row in the first round, tells you that they know they made a mistake, and they just can't admit it out loud, and it drives me insane that they've done it. Yeah, it's going to be what, year but, three or year four? And I think right where now. we disagree on dra- Traylon Burks <laughs> is his floor. That's where we disagree at. His floor for me is out of the, is, you know, bouncing from team to team hoping he catches on after two after two years of nothing hey, on the team uh, that him. Maybe I'm
1: stand. blinded by the upside. Maybe I am. You're
0: blinded
2: because you're in Arkansas. Well, me. all it is
0: is Not at really. At the end of the day, we have somebody who's going to be right and somebody going to be wrong. Always. And so we will figure that out very briefly, actually. You know, so I mean, again, just when we
2: were going through the reviews, there's seven cliches for wide receivers that kept popping up. That like every wide receiver seemed to have one of these cliches, but there were seven of them total that I counted. Traylon Burks had six of the seven, and then like four additional problems. Most of these other guys only had two or three, and then one or two other problems. And that's what I mean. I looked at and I compared all the issues that I saw that he has compared to these other players. I'm like, well, that seems like a lot more risk for a guy that seems to be talked about like going as a, as a sure thing and being a, a number one wide receiver out the gate. so
0: Cool. Well, that uh, definitely got us fired up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, up. It's, a, it's a good way to <laughs> also wrap this whole thing up uh, with uh, yeah. some energy. You know? So
2: that's where we're at. So we talked about some players that were some stocks down more for me than for Rich, some players that I like more than Rich, we seem to disagree <laughs> <laughs> this Rich is falling cool. in with a lot of the regular guys liking more of the guys at the top and not so much some of the guys towards the back end. Yeah, it's good to hear. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of different, right but... You know, uh, hey, we've been down we're to doing the doing? wire here. Yep. The
0: draft is, uh, what? The draft is days nine away? days away. Nine days away. Nine, nine days, sorry, days nine away. Nine days away. Yep,
2: it is next Thursday. So we're gonna, you know... We are gonna yeah. continue on with a few more episodes. We are gonna wrap up and head out of here. We're not really heading out of here. We're gonna move on to recording a new episode in a few minutes. So, until then, I am Ryan McNichols, Rich Halk, Halk, Mike
0: Coyle. See you guys later. Peace.